0: This is Eastern Carolina's longest-running sports radio show. The Brian Bailey Show is on the air. The Brian Bailey Show is powered by Greenville Utilities and also brought to you by Angus Grill, Fostic Sug Furniture, Bojangles, East Coast Grady, Papa John's, Pepsi, The Rick House, Greenville Utilities, BMS Builders, Seared Chop House, The Gavigan Agency, Taft Taft and Hagler tiebreakers, and Greenville Auto World. And now, here's Brian Bailey.
1: Happy game week, everybody. Finally, we all made it. We're finally into game week for East Carolina Pirate football. Pirates and the Wolfpack of North Carolina State set for Saturday at 12 noon. The Pack comes to town to rank 13th in the nation. Got a great way to kick off your game week here on Pirate Radio. Dave Doran, the head football coach at North Carolina State, will join us Coming up next, and then Blake Harrell live in the studio, defensive coordinator at East Carolina. As we get you ready for the Pirates and the Pack, going to be a great, great week. It all kicks off on this Monday on the Brian Bailey Show. Coming up next.
0: You're listening to The Brian Bailey Show, powered by Greenville Utilities, providing reliable utility solutions to the Greenville region since 1905. Now, back to the show.
1: And welcome back to our show, as promised, to kick off game week, North Carolina State head football coach Dave Dorn joins us in his 10th year at North Carolina State. Coach, welcome to the show on this Monday. Thank you, Brian. When you look at this East Carolina-NC State football game, what are some of your initial thoughts?
2: Well, it's an in state game with two uh experienced teams, very passionate fan bases, you know, that uh don't get to play each other every year, so when we do get together I know it's meaningful for both sides.
1: This East Carolina-North Carolina State matchup could be a battle of quarterbacks, and you know both of them very well. Obviously, uh, when you look at the recruitment of Holton Aylers, you know I was a part of that on the outside looking in, but I know North Carolina State came very close to uh, lowering uh, Holton Aylers over to North Carolina State, and you've got an outstanding quarterback, the 2022 ACC Preseason Player of the Year in Devin Leary. So two really good quarterbacks going in this one.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I have a lot of respect for Holton. Uh really enjoyed getting to know him through the recruiting process. and uh, Obviously, we have Devin here who's coming off a, a record-breaking season and has put himself in a position to play really good football this year. He's in great shape, so I look forward to watching both those guys play.
1: Some of the other connections, uh, East Carolina and North Carolina State, obviously we start with head coach Ruffin McNeil from East Carolina. Your first three years, he was on the East Carolina sideline, and you brought him in there as a special assistant to the head coach. And I, I text Ruff the other day. I told him I saw the ACC all-access piece, and really it, it tugged at your heart. But uh, bringing Coach Ruff in is something special, isn't it?
2: Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, Ruff is, uh, one, he's a great friend. He's an incredible man. Uh, he's a great mentor to coaches, players, staff, brings a lot of, lot of stories and energy and fun into the building. And, and uh, we're fortunate to have him here. And I, you know, I know this is a, a meaningful game. All of them are. Um, but for him, obviously playing against the place where he's the head coach and former athlete.
1: Yeah, we joked with him that he looks a little better in purple than he does red, but uh, he smiled, and uh, I know he really appreciates the opportunity. And uh, he's been nothing but, uh, you know, really supportive of you since he took over uh, in that position in July of 2020. And coming off of COVID, and I, it was probably something that Ruff needed as well.
2: Yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, the game of footballs in his blood, and uh, he came home to, you know, be a part, of, be a son to his dad, and be a part of his life again, and this allows him to do both. And, uh, so, you know, timing was right for him to come home and we are fortunate here to be able to create a position that fit, you know, kind of a the workload he was able to take on and still be a part of his dad's, uh, you know, day when he needs to go see him.
1: Final question on coach Ruff, but what does he do on game day with you? Does, does he get with you like during the game at halftime kind of, you know, guide you on some things?
2: Yeah, I'll talk to him uh, in pregame and then on my way in at halftime. You know, just what he's seeing type stuff, and you know, talk about our plan and, and things not to forget about. And you know, he just kind of gives me advice as a as a mentor, and you know, he's awesome to have down there on the field.
1: Got another former East Carolina coach on your staff, Brian Mitchell, with your cornerbacks. He was defensive coordinator here at East Carolina. How's he doing?
2: Yeah, it's great having Brian here. You know, um, Brian and Coach Gibson were together at West Virginia, so there's very good continuity with those two. Understands the scheme and how he wants it played, and he knows the state of North Carolina. Having spent the years that he did in Greenville, so it's good having him here and, you know, his working relationship, not just with me and Tony, but with Ruff. It's, you know, there's a lot of continuity there.
1: You've got a freshman on your football team from J.H. Rose, and, and North Carolina State has a, has a history with former rampant running backs, but I know you like Michael Allen.
2: Yeah, Michael's doing well. He's going to be a really good back force here. Super uh, intelligent young man. He's got good speed. He learns fast, very attentive, um, pays a lot of attention to detail for a young guys. It's, it's impressive. So we're happy he's here and look forward to his future
1: some of your players were quoted this uh, past week as saying that Coach Dorn is kind of working on on what to expect on Saturday at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium, the the rowdy crowd and that kind of thing. What kind of things have you done at practice to try to get ready for that crowd?
2: You know, we use music and crowd noise and different things to get, you know, where they can't hear as well at times and not the entire time, but, you know, enough where it's a factor. Uh, That'll become more of a factor as we get into actual game week, but You know, this first week's been more about the fundamentals and the install and letting those guys ask questions, using the, you know, the noise when it was appropriate. But as we get into the actual week of the game, we'll get it pretty loud in there. I know that stadium, um, can definitely make it hard to hear at times. And I know their fans will be excited for their opener.
1: North Carolina State leads the all-time series 18-13 you're two and two against the Pirates in your career but when you look at this matchup this year this season opening matchup do you like playing a rival in your first game or is it more along the lines of you know let's get through the first couple of games and get ready for conference play
2: yeah I I don't know if it matters you know I mean however they fall on the schedule you got to play them you know and for us, it's an opportunity to go on the road and play in a hostile environment, and that's a good thing. You know, we're going to have a really hostile environment later in the year at Clemson and at Louisville, so you know, getting to do that early in the season is a good thing for our guys.
1: What are some of the things you've seen, Coach, on film about this East Carolina football team?
2: Well, they're experienced. You know, like us, you can see they got a lot of guys back that have played um, the defense I think they're very active they run around and they they really show a lot of effort on film they're multiple a lot of pressures the speed really kind of jumps off the film to me watching their defensive side of the ball the tailback's a really impressive player you know he's the one that as I watched the season last year is just a guy that we here really think a lot of
1: when you look at at the X's and O's of this matchup, what has to go right for North Carolina State to uh, get a victory at Dowdy Ficklin?
2: Oh it comes down to not beating yourself, you know, a lot of times and turning the football over, having penalties that you can prevent, you know, things like that. You know, outside of that it's it's just execution, you know, it's catching the football, it's it's tackling well, special teams playing clean. You know, sometimes in first games you have some special teams miscues that can hurt you so you know getting the team ready to, to go out there and play as well as we can as, pl- as clean as we can and do those kind of things regardless if it's the first fifth or last game of the year usually come out on top.
1: Wolfpack went nine and three last year ranked 13th nationally how have your Wolfpack team uh, how have they handled the hype of that national ranking?
2: Yeah, it's been good. I mean, our guys have heard a lot about it. And we've talked a lot about it. They've openly talked about, you know, not letting that kind of stuff get to us and not getting complacent and understanding that, you know, last season's record's not going to win this year's games and we got to get out on the grass and earn it. So, you know, we think we've done a good job, staff and player alike, of dealing with the hype that came with <laughs> last year's performances. So, it's time to get after it and get out on the field, and that stuff will dissipate. You're just going to go kind of earn your record as you go.
1: That's my next question. Can you believe it's finally here? It's finally game week? Because it seems like it takes a long time to get here, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, it does, you know, especially for teams that didn't get to play in a bowl. I mean, you when you practice to play in a bowl and then you don't play the game, you know, it's like 12 to 15 practices that don't have a game at the end, and then you have spring practice. 12 to 15 more practices without a game, and then you have fall camp. So I feel like we've been practicing a long time without an opportunity to play an opponent. So we're looking forward to getting this thing started.
1: All right, final thought about the heat. How hot will it be on Saturday? Yeah,
2: you know, I don't know. I'm not a weatherman. Yeah. I mean, whatever it is, we'll be ready for it and prepare for the worst and If it's a hot one like we've experienced down there in the past, you know, our guys will hydrate well leading up to it, and we'll have a plan going in on the right things to do.
1: All right, Coach, I know you're busy on game week, so we certainly appreciate your time. Thanks so much. You guys have a safe trip uh, from Raleigh into Greenville coming up on Friday, and we'll see you on Saturday, East Carolina, NC State, in that noon start.
2: Thanks for having me.
1: Go Pack. Okay. Dave Dorn, the head football coach at North Carolina State. We'll take a break. Be back with more. Blake Harrell, defensive coordinator at East Carolina, is up next. Back with more on the Brian Bailey Show after this.
0: you're listening to The Brian Bailey Show powered by Greenville Utilities. Community owned, community powered. Now, back to the show.
1: All right, welcome back. Back live in the studio now. I want to thank Dave Dornan for joining us uh, in that uh, recorded interview from late last week. But we we, we have Blake Harrell live in the studio with us. We get the state side, we get the East Carolina side. And can you believe it, Coach, that we are finally in the game week? I mean, it seems like it's taking forever to get here and now the game's just a couple days away.
3: Yeah, finally game week. So so, so exciting for uh, Pirate Nation in Greenville. Seems like it's been forever since we played football, and I think thirty-something weeks, and we're finally here.
1: When you guys are at practice and, and things, you know, the camp is a grind and that kind of thing, but but you know, you can almost see it in the guys' eyes that they know the future's coming. They know that game is is, is coming, but sometimes it seems like it's never going to get there.
3: Yeah, sometimes you just sit around and you're like, oh man, is it ever going to get here? Is it ever going to be, you know, you, day after day? It's kind of like Groundhog Day. But, you know, our guys have been really good this August and, and, you know, probably one of the better camps I've been around, just motivation every day, come to work and, and finding ways to get better. And part of that is because, of who we have in our schedule game one and the challenge we have ahead of us and the focus they have for that and the challenge they want to rise to for that day.
1: We'll take your questions or comments on our Facebook live feed. If you have anything for Coach Harrell, I'll be glad to pass it along. North Carolina State comes to town ranked 13th in the AP preseason poll. The Wolfpack obviously had a great year last year, like East Carolina, didn't get a chance to play in their bowl game. They were trying for a 10th win, which we all know is, is really special, especially, you know, in East Carolina or at NC State. But uh, the Wolfpack uh, comes to town as a you know double-digit favorite in the game. But you kinda get the feeling that they
3: understand they're walking into a hornet's nest. Yeah, I didn't know it was a double digit favorite, so I appreciate letting me know that on uh, (laughs) Monday. So (laughs) But yeah, you know, they're a really good football team and and Worthy of everybody the credit they're getting, and Devin Leary is a really good quarterback, and they got some offensive weapons in, in the team.
1: When you look at Devin Leary, the 2022 ACC preseason Player of the Year, you know what kind of quarterback is he, and how does he compare with, with say, a Holton Ailes? Uh, what are their their similarities? What are their differences?
3: Yeah, I mean, both are veteran quarterbacks, both can you know run run their offenses, and Devin's got a really good arm. Uh, you know, is, we can keep comparing him to Devin Ritter, who we saw uh, you know the last game of the season last year, and just was you know I think maybe the project is hard for the Falcons right now, but uh, Leary's you know he's got an NFL arm talent. And he can sling it down the field and make all the throws.
1: Is he the type of quarterback that you want to get pressure on? That, that you know that's one of the keys, and you got to bring that pressure from all
3: over the place. Yeah, I think that for us, that's all quarterbacks. We want to yeah. you know make them pressure and get rid of it quick, make some bad decisions, and, and certainly that's the same with him.
1: Yeah, and, and you've got some of the the guys. You've got some of the parts in the toolbox to be able to do that.
3: Yeah, it's kind of you know in our philosophy in our mo, just to kind of. You know, move around, run around, bring pressures from different places, try to make co- quarterbacks uncomfortable, and try to affect the game there. We're going to go through each one of the positions on that defense
1: with Blake Harrell and kind of get his thoughts as we uh, get set for uh, opening day. Uh, someone just uh, wrote in, wanted to know who the starting corners might be. What are you looking at at cornerback right now?
3: Yeah, well, you got Malik Fleming back, right? Who started every game for us last year. Malik's, uh, you know, I think he's going in his third or fourth year. I guess fourth year now. It's been here a long time. You, it you, seems you, like you get, you get all lost with COVID sometimes, but and, and Malik's been solid out there at field corner horse the mel hitman Going in his fourth year as well, and him and Jawan Powell are are two guys that have been battling out there at corner in the boundaries. So, all three of those guys are going to play. Um, a pre Washington is an older guy that transferred in from Buffalo that we'll see out wide as well. So, even even though we may have a new name in in place of Jaquan McMillan, uh, we got some older guys that are fourth year players, fifth year players that we can put out there at corner while
1: you're in the defensive backs and take us through the safety room right now.
3: Yeah, the the safety room is uh pretty exciting. You get some some new names, you got some old names you got uh you know at field safety you got Sean Dorso, who, who started a bunch of games for us Julius Wood is another name that started a few games at the end of the season last year Julius uh, you know a long athletic can run so I'm really excited about both those guys at, at the field safety at boundary safety tegan Wilk and Jire Wilson who's two names that we always yeah. talk about and you know both those guys have been solid and continue to be solid throughout camp just older guys that lead our lead our team lead our defense. And then uh, at our Sam position, our nickel position, you'll either see Jaira or, or Gerard Stringer, who yeah. are two older guys as well.
1: And with those defensive backs, I mean, the, the, you have your starters, but you have so many that you count on because you've got different, you, you know, when it's second nine, it's a different defense out there than with second two.
3: Yeah, you know, you know with one of the things we did last year, we played about 22 guys a game, 20 to 22 guys a game. I think we had about 15 or 16 guys start throughout the season for us. So we have a lot of guys with experience. And it helps them keep it fresh in the fourth quarter, you know, down the stretch. When you, you, know, you might be tired, the offense a little bit tired, and now you're fresh defensively and you can still attack. So that's been good for us. Um, and just you know, getting guys' experiences really last year is going to help us this year as well. When you talk defense at East
1: Carolina, if someone could describe your defense in a word or two, what do you want them to describe it as?
3: You know, we talk to our guys all the time. We we don't want our guys. To, you know, somebody watch our film and say, "Hey, you're a multiple three four defense quarters coverage." You bring this pressure, bring that pressure. We want to talk about the style of play we play with. You know, guys are playing fast. They're playing physical. They're playing with passion. They're playing with energy. They love playing the game, and they're swarming to the ball. So that's the things we talk about.
1: When you got here at East Carolina, obviously it was after year one for Coach Houston. Coach Houston's in his fourth year, you're in your third year. But when you got here, when you interviewed with Coach Houston, what
3: were some of the things you sold him on and what were some of the things you saw when you first got here three years ago? You know, I think the first thing you do when you walk on campus here and you walk into Doughty Ficklin is just a wow factor. And you just say, this place is special. And just knowing that what Coach Houston's done everywhere he's been and I've been with some of those stops with him. And just the type of ball he wants to to uh, put on the field, and the product he wants to put on the field, our our philosophies match up, you know, and always have over the years. And, and we just talked about those things, and talked about. You know what we foresee this defense being, and, and our goals as a program, our goals as a defense, and how we need to get those things done. So all that matched up; it, it was really you know fairly easy with all that.
1: As you're trying to call defensive signals, I know you've got the headset on. You're with coach. Does coach interject things in, and, and are y'all talking as you try to get? And how's all that get out to the
3: players? Yeah, it, you, you do it a lot of different ways. You know, throughout the throughout the week, coach is always around and. You know, he, he's always giving you his feedback and how he sees things. And you always, that's very important because sometimes you can be in your little cubicle, so to speak, right. and you only see it one way. And then coach walks in, and he sees it different ways. And, you know, some, some ways you, you could do it differently or better. And same thing on game day. So you, sometimes you get caught of, maybe you're just worried about the defense or you're worried about that series or that third down stop. And he may see a bigger picture of how the game is really flowing. So you've always, you know, that's always good to have him uh, in your ear, so to speak, and and his his advice and and deal there. Talk about that game flow a little bit before we go through some of the other personnel. But but the game flow, you know, first and
1: ten, you got you know a play is run. Now you're at second and five. You know what all has to happen to get that defense set, and and it all changes because it was sec- if it was second and fifteen, it'd be completely different. Yeah, I, I don't like the fact you started off with second and five. Let <laughs> <laughs> we well, go play. second and fifteen. You're right.
3: <laughs> you didn't give up five yards yeah, on first down, right. did? <laughs> no. Uh, that's not even right, that's is it? right. Maybe, <laughs> maybe second nine, second, second eight. Second nine. We'll hey, all of a sudden, it's second nine. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, but, you, you know, <laughs> the, the beauty of it is our, our players are, are so used to those situations and being in that uh, just from experience or practice situations that, hey, if it's second five or second 15, they're already knowing what to expect. So they
1: almost know what's going to happen before yeah. it's even called.
3: And, and not, not only from a... Call standpoint, the defensive call coming in, but also what to expect from the offense. And we tell our guys all the time, like we want you guys to think like coaches, right? And if you're thinking like coaches, you already know what play calls coming in, and a menu of four or five calls here that could come in and. You know, by the call, what you're expecting to, and how to go execute it. And you use the word "think," but
1: it's almost like on defense. You know, once they get everything figured out as far as before the play starts, then you don't want them thinking,
3: do you? No, it's, that's uh, no thinking allowed. That's what we talk about. Just hey, "Go react. Don't oh, don't overthink it. Let's go play."
1: Yeah, and, and I've heard that from so many defensive coaches through the years. They'll say, "You know, everybody's thinking and trying to figure this and this out," but we want them just to be free and easy and, and just go to the ball. And that's one thing I've been out to a bunch of practice this summer. And and really, the defense has been flying to the ball all summer long,
3: and, and that's what you try to do: keep things so simple that it takes the thinking out of it. And now it's just routine that they can fly around and play fast and, and go be who they are.
1: And when you look at the personnel, and we'll go through it later on in the show, but but really, you have so much experience in each and every slot, and that makes a huge
3: difference. Yeah, and, and the kids said it. You know, our players said it. I think week one of a preseason camp said, "Hey, this is our year. This is our year to run things and do things." It's no longer you have to hold their hand and walk them through it. They're truly. Checking things, setting things, running the defense, so it's it's really a relief. And and when you're in camp, you you get
1: a little chippy between the offense and defense, don't you?
3: (laughs) Well, it's it's just like day after day after day, you're seeing the same opponent over and over and over, and Holton and Raj, the whole all those offensive weapons over there coming at you. So, you know, if, if one side of the ball gets the upper hand, you know, they obviously got to let the other side know about it. Just And that's just friendly locker room talk, yeah. too. And, and when you
1: look at some of the weapons that you've had to deal with, obviously that's going to, you know, make you guys better. The saying
3: iron sharpens iron. And there's some really good players on that pirate offense. Yeah, no question. And, and just, you know, any time that – you, you're stressed every day, and it makes you work, whether it's the receiving core, the tight end room, the O-line, quarterback, running backs, whoever it may be. It's going to make you better defensively. It's going to make sure you got everything covered up. You're able to play. Uh, all those different weapons over there, and they've done a great job of attacking us this fall.
1: And pretty much now, you're kind of through with the ones versus ones, right?
3: Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm tired of seeing Holton Ailers. Uh, yeah, H- you know, Holton's a special quarterback. That you, you know, sometimes when you're, you're in a game, it's you against the offensive coordinator, so to speak, and that's who you're really calling plays against. But when Holton's out there, you know, Holton he has the ability to check them in and write certain plays and get them into certain looks, and it's really you against. Coach Kirkpatrick, Coach you know, Holton, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. So he's he's really special about that and does a really nice job of running that offense and he stressed us defensively.
1: Yeah, when you guys are in a scrimmage type situation and you're watching Holton you know make those checks, you're like, come on, give us a break, man. Come on. Yeah, sometimes in pra-
3: sometimes in practice we don't have that play clock out there either. So <laughs> that's right. He has to take his time. So he's taking He's googling up you know, something on oh, uh, yeah. his phone. Yeah, he's and... drawing in the dirt back there and <laughs> he's trying to nah, get he, he does a really good job though, yeah. just you know, really impressive of uh, the field general he is
1: yeah and, and really you know, like I said being out there and seeing some of the scrimmage you know type plays and some of that other stuff I mean it's really it's really mind-boggling what all a quarterback has to go through when he looks at that defense
3: yeah and, and he's done a good job with it and I think uh, you know he's prepared us of hey, how we got to hide certain things, how we got to rotate certain things, and I think probably vice versa as well. Blake Harrell, defensive coordinator at
1: East Carolina, live in the studio with us. We'll take your questions and comments on our Facebook Live page. We'll take a commercial break right now and come back with more as game week kicks off. Coach Harrell's with us. Back with more after this.
0: You're listening to The Brian Bailey Show, powered by Greenville Utilities. Community-owned utilities mean local control, low rates, and high reliability. Now, back to the show.
1: All right, welcome back as we kick off our game week. East Carolina and North Carolina State set for 12 noon ESPN coverage. If you can't make it to the game, tickets are still available, so try to get out there and uh, get your tickets and get to the uh, stadium. Dowdy Ficklin will be rocking, uh, striping the stadium. They've only done it once before, and it looked great. So uh, find out which section you're in. whether you wear purple whether you wear gold i know a lot of folks like to wear purple but uh, for the striping yeah you got to figure out what section you're in and then go from there but uh when you when you look at this this matchup and uh drew has has, um, asked a question on our facebook live page wants to know what worries you most about the state offense is it the quarterback or is it something else just a combination
3: yeah I, i think their offense starts with the quarterback and devin leary and just the arm talent he has able to make all the throws down the field and you know, they'll, they'll protect him in and there and, and let, let, you know, vertical balls down the field and let it fly. So they, they're a little different than a lot of offenses where they only take, you know, some offenses might take one or two shots a game. And if you have it covered, they don't come back to it. These guys will keep coming back to it, and that's kind of part of their offense. So I think it starts with him and trying to get him off off a schedule and get them behind the sticks a little bit. I think they do a really good job in the screen game as well. You know, a lot of people talk about the run game. I think their screen game is part of the run game. Whether it's the tailback out of the backfield or just, you know, getting out to the receivers pretty quick. They've done a good job with that.
1: And the problem is when you're trying to get heat on the quarterback and you got a team that does really well in the screen game, you know, that's that's kind of what they they try to lure you to that spot and then they throw the screen pass and you pop one.
3: There's no question. And, and they they do it with different guys, whether it's the tight end, the tailback, the wide out, so there's different ways they can get to it. And and they got different ways that, you know, they may have a deep ball on one side and a screen ball on the other side. So they got different ways they can get to it.
1: How much film have you watched as far as, as, as you know just all the games from last year? Is it mainly the, the tail end of the season that you look at?
3: Yeah, you, you go through it and they had 12 games. they got the spring game. you go through all that film and kind of sort out like who maybe who fits you best defensively or where you think maybe they fell into a rhythm offensively. you know that maybe sometimes at the beginning of the year, offensive play caller or his personnel, isn't quite fitting and quite gelling yet maybe later in the year they get to the gel a little bit better and you kind of have a better feel for who they are offensively so you got to go back back through it pick and choose and and maybe take a little bit from this game or a little bit from that game and put it all together Alright, let's go back through the uh, personnel. Let's go to the linebackers, because really, I think
1: when you think about this defense, you know, I, I don't know if you want to say it's the strength of the defense, but there are some names that you've heard for a long, long time. And, and those guys, you know, you see an Xavier Smith, you see a Miles Berry. I mean, these guys have played a long time. They're very experienced and very good.
3: Yeah, I'm really excited about Xavier and Miles, and those are two guys, like you said, very experienced, played a lot of snaps, played a lot of snaps at linebacker and, and Mike and Will, and Xavier played some of an outside linebacker last year, so they understand the defense, they know what we're looking for, they know the expectations, they know how to run the defense out there, and just really excited about those two guys and, and what they're gonna do this fall for us. Talk about Jeremy Lewis a little bit, because I I just think that, you know, when he gets loose on that edge, you know, somebody in red is gonna figure out where he's at. Yeah, J- Jeremy, he, he can be a guy that makes things happen. Right. And, and whether it's, you know, dropping in the coverage, coming off the edge, pass rushing, whatever it may be. He's a, a different guy, and uh, you know I think playing tight end when he first got here has probably helped helped him defensively develop, as far as knowing what the offenses are going to do, how they're going to try to attack you, and then we saw him last year, you know that was really his first season in, at defense. We thought saw him each game get better and better. And by the end of the season, I think he came around and developed into a defensive player. That was an all-around good player. And when you look at a kid like that who did play
1: offense when he first got here, and he played both, obviously in high school at South Central. But but as you said, you know he played tight end, so he kind of knows the routes that a tight end might run, and and you know down in distance,
3: he kind of has that in his head too. And right, because he's seen it from a different viewpoint, he's right. seen it From a different you know other side of the ball, and, and understands like, hey, it's third and five where those routes were going, and, and now he's kind of just took taking that to the defensive side of the ball and, and really brought a, a good, you know, I think he makes us more versatile defensively Yeah, to. I was going to say, do you move him around some and try to disguise where he's at and what he's going to do? We do. And, and you know, he, the biggest thing, you know, from, from my first year here to last year was he allowed us to drop that guy more and play more coverage with him and bring him off the edge, do some stuff like that. We're, you know in 2020 we weren't able to do that but he allowed us to do that in 21
1: and when he's on that edge you know the opponent doesn't know whether he's coming or whether he's
3: backing up and, and that's a key to your defensive because if, if he backs up and somebody comes from the other side and yeah you just kind of want to you know bluff and disguise and not always give away your hand there but and he does a good job with that
1: Yeah, I, I'm amazed before we go through any more of the personnel I've always been amazed at how the signals come in and, and, and the teams that have the big you know poster boards with all the different different things on them and, 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 and you know it, 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 what all has to come in
3: for the play to be called you know it's, it signals uh it, it used to be you didn't worry about people stealing signals or yeah back in the back in the old days we'd run somebody in offensively and run them off the field right that's how the plays got in and even defensively back then when offenses were huddling defenses huddled right so you only gave the play to one guy and he he's the only got had another signal and you turn around and tell the rest of the defense to signal and boom, you break and, you know, it's a nice slow game and I think the NFL still has that at some point because they got the, uh, the headsets in that they get to use. So, for us now, it's it's every guy on the field has to get their, their attention to the sideline. All 11 players, you know, first of all, all they have to do is find, find the football, where's it at, right hash, left hash, make sure we're aligned in in our, in our deal there, our set. And then from there, you know, we're going to have a board covering the signals up, you know, and, and not necessarily for, there's two reasons you want to cover signals up one is just the guys in the press box don't see it but also tv copies right you know you got coaches going back and watching tv copies and seeing signals and seeing. Right. okay we're going to match play five up with play five and right. here's the signal we got so boom and, and as as coaches we make sure we have different ways to signal in the same call so right. if we're signaling in you know what it, our base call we're going to have three or four different ways to signal that in so that's that's the standard every week and we will have a couple different signal callers we'll change those up throughout the game so it's a whole huge process (laughs) compared to what it's fascinating really yeah it's you know um, but you got to do it because if you're sitting there just telling the other team, the other side of the ball, what you're going to do, then then uh, you're giving them an advantage. So you got
1: all eleven looking at, at your sideline, and then the offense sometimes will rush the line of scrimmage. They'll they'll call a couple signals, they'll clap their hands, and then they'll stop, and then they'll look to their sideline. Yeah. And you guys are looking, you guys are looking back to your sideline. Hey, yeah. we changing anything? Are we sticking yeah. with what we got?
3: Yeah. So some, sometimes if they get a beat, do on you, you change sometimes? So then? you have to, you yeah. know, and you got to be careful with it too, because. Um, you know, Larry will get up there, he'll give them a, a fake clap, and then they'll look to the sidelines. And they may change the call, or he may just be looking, faking, looking to the sideline and snap the ball while you're trying to catch you guys looking too. So they've they've got a couple of those snaps in there as well. Man. But it's, it's a whole cat and mouse game there. <laughs> it is, and it's just uh, really it's it's just trying to get
1: everybody lined up and, and you know why they're lined up here and where they lined up. And it's not like the old days You, had, you know, yeah. four three defense, and you play three linebackers, four down linemen, that's, and go from there.
3: That's it. Back in the day, you had about five calls, and you, you got a minute, and gave it to them early, and they had plenty of time to think of it, and now you're trying to like hey match the call for the offensive formation or personnel set so you're kind of holding it a little bit so as soon as they get the call they got to think about it bang you know know it and, and jump to it alright talk more about your linebacking core. who are some of the players maybe some of the young kids that might see some action yeah I think a new guy you know not necessarily a young guy but uh, Chance Bates is a transfer from Kennesaw State I actually worked with him when I was there he's came in he's a fifth year you know he was a four year starter there and i uh, just really excited about him he's came in and and he's right there with the X and Miles and, and just plays at that level of football. So he, he's played a lot of snaps, and, and you can't can't take away experience. So he'll, he'll be out there for us. Uh, Taylor Jackson is a younger guy. You know, he's going in his third year. I say younger guy. I know. Isn't that something? Uh, he's been around and, and doing a good job. Uh, Mike Edwards is another young guy. that that he, he was a starter at Georgia Southern last year, started in six games there last year, played over 500 snaps but he gives us some depth in the linebacker room. So, really excited about that room. And you got the kids from West Craven on that defensive. Yeah, the Mims brothers. Yeah. So, Shandre and CJ, they're doing a great job. And Dre, you know, just for him to come in, and, you know, the last two weeks, I've really seen him blossom and grow and just kind of the light bulbs bang-clicking for him. and. You know, he, he's got some good twitch to him get off, and are really excited about him. Yeah, and that's on, on the defensive line. When you think about that defensive
1: line, talk about some of those players a little bit.
3: Yeah, you know, Elijah Morris is probably where you're always starting. Man, he's something else. Yeah, His whole story is, is really cool. The story and, and just the way he plays the game, you know, is he going to be undersized? Yeah, sure, but the way he plays and just kind of the he, – he plays the way we want to play and, and does things the way we want to do things. There's a program, and i uh, just really excited about him. Uh, you know Deontay Johnson is doing a really good job up there Xavier McGyver, J.D. Lampley uh, Sue Redware all those guys and, and I'm not giving you any new names outside of J.D. or Chandre right. that haven't played for us so you know just they all have snaps they've all played in games Chandre was a all-conference player there at Charleston Southern and um, you know JD's probably the new guy to the room but as a freshman, he's stepping in and, and doing some things and catching people's attention. So really excited about his future. And Coach Tesh, he he talks about how he's like a hockey coach because he brings a new <laughs> line in
1: all the time and just just throws them in there.
3: Yeah, you know, there's a there's a little bit of line uh, strategy to that too. Yeah, every yeah. T- every time that offense subs, it allows you a chance to substitute. Right. And when you substitute, now the offense has to wait for you to get on and get off. So and sometimes, if especially if you're facing a tempo team. It slows them down a little bit and gives you time to catch your breath and get some fresh guys on the field.
1: And you them. really got to do anything you can, especially if if the snowball starts going downhill. You got to slow them down somehow.
3: Yeah, and, and that's that's one way we you know we, we take advantage of it there. And you know, and, and it's also a chance for you. Maybe it's third down. You got a guy that you feel like's a better pass rusher than maybe a run stopper you got on the field. So it's a chance for you to change personnel there too. Yeah, I tell you, it's just you know trying to keep all that stuff straight. And I know you got a great
1: you know bunch of assistant coaches that, that we've gotten to know over the last couple of years, but but it's it's really and I, I talk about this about coaching staffs anyway, but but it's a family affair. I mean, you guys, you know, you guys and the offensive coaches may have battled all all camp long, but now you're on the same team again.
3: But but those defensive coaches, I mean, you guys got to be on the same page. The Same page, and and everybody's working together, and you know we all know. Hey, when you can sub, when you can't sub, you know what kind of play call we got coming in, and we talk about those things all throughout the week and, and just different situations that could come up. When you look at that defensive line, what is what is the strength of that line? Yeah, I would say the depth. That, yeah. That's what stands out to me: the depth and the experience that we have up front. That those guys have played; they're not walking in their first ball game, and um, you know, the, and they play the game the way we want to play. You know, they they play physical up front. They try to knock guys back and just I think we're doing a better job too of of getting quicker and moving around better and Feel like we've increased our speed up front. And coach says that this looks like an American Athletic Conference football team now, and all that starts on the line. Yeah, no doubt, and, and certainly, you know, from, compared to 2020 to now, it's, it's night and day. Just hey, we look more like we, we belong in the American Conference. And, and those 2000,
1: what, eight, two 2009, I think uh, conference USA Championship teams for East Carolina, led by big, strong defensive linemen that you know, Ball Josephs, the yeah. CJ Wilsons. Yeah. I mean, they had some you know real studs on those defensive lines, and 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 really, that's where championship. Ships are one Defensive line and offensive line. Yeah, you win the game up front. We'll change change subjects just real quick before we go to break. But the offensive line at East Carolina, it's got to be the best that Coach Houston's had since he's been here, and you've gone against it also.
3: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, they're they're a very impressive group, and they come off the off the ball and you know move bodies around. Great pass protection. So they've they've again they've stressed us up front, and just part of the, the offensive attack that I feel really you know really excited about. And dealt with all, all camp, <laughs> yeah. and, and glad we're not dealing with them anymore. And
1: more than any group, but that group has to be on the same page as far as the old Ruffin McNeil
3: saying that you know five pennies doesn't work; it's got to be a nickel. And that's you know, yeah, no doubt, you got to figure that out. And if you think about what, what we try to do offensively, defensively, you know, we try to go attack different parts of the offensive line and try to get them on different pages. Maybe show them one look and, and give them another look. And you're exactly right. An offensive line has to be all together. Yeah, looking forward to seeing that pirate defense. Because you guys you guys flew around all summer long, and that's got to be a good feeling for you. Yeah, just, just exciting because it's it's now the culture that they know how to play the game. Now we just got to go out and execute and play at a high level.
1: And, and that's the other thing. When we were out there, you never saw guys hanging their heads. You never saw bad body language like, you know, I'm tired or I don't want to be here. Those guys all look like, hey, man, this is another chance to be together, another chance to practice. and. Uh, that's right.
3: Yeah, it, you know, my first year here, I think we we uh, part of our defense side of the ball meetings were about bad body language or how we want to react to things. We didn't have to do that at all this camp. Yeah, and that's really, you know, now you're coaching it. Hey, the finer details of things at the higher level uh, classes. It, ma-
1: it makes a huge, huge difference. But I guess, you know, it's all in the culture of the program. And guys, it, they didn't know any better when Coach Houston got here. Yeah. And then Coach Houston changed things pretty quick. Yeah, he, and then you came in, in in year two.
3: Yeah, Coach Houston just, you know, the, the job he's done in changing the program and changing the cultures. that's that's first and foremost. You know, none of the defensively, offensively wouldn't matter without that. You know, mm-hmm. the fact that he's, he's done that and what he's done in his time here, allows everything to go smoother defensively.
1: And he talks about a, a lot that the you know the last time that uh, he faced North Carolina State was his first game as the head football coach and he said it wasn't competitive. 34-6 was the final and, and he joked, he said, we're a, we're a lot different now, but he said State's a lot different now too. I'm sure. I'm yeah. sure. So we'll see how that plays out. Alright, Blake Harrell live in the studio with us taking your questions and comments on our Facebook live page. We'll take a commercial break right now we'll come back then we'll wrap things up in this edition of the Brian Bailey Show for you. Coming up, hey, it's game week. Back with more after this you
0: you're listening to the brian bailey show powered by greenville utilities working for our community not for shareholders now back to the show
1: all right welcome back to our show got about 10 minutes to go with blake harrell live in the studio this afternoon as we kick off our game week coverage right here on pirate radio clip rock and company we'll have the uh, bud light pre-game tailgate coming up on saturday 8 a.m so uh, make sure you join them for game day coverage all day long right here on pirate radio big party coming up Are our tickets still available or to i fine Invite everybody. People gonna come. There you go. Punch those buttons up and get we're that getting microphone. Low. We're getting roll on uh, tickets. Yeah, party of the year every year on Thursday night. You, you don't have anything going on Thursday night, do you? You're Not nah, getting ready I for can't, anything, can't, are you? I can't think of anything <laughs> that I have going or
3: anything that's going on in town Thursday night. at oh,
1: all. Oh man, Thursday night's gonna be crazy around yeah. town. But that's gonna be a good time with the Pirate Radio Party. Always a great great time. Always the party of the year. We missed that a couple of times, I guess, through COVID. But uh, we're back, and that should be an exciting time. East Carolina and North Carolina State. When you you get you know, you've been in a long time, but still, on game day morning, when you wake up, you have butterflies right away.
3: Yeah, I think uh, you know. <laughs> I'll say this: having our players and the confidence in those guys, it takes a lot of that away. Yeah, but you still have just your normal. Oh, you know what? Could, what could go wrong? What could go right? Those type of things. What's going to happen in this situation? What's going to happen in that situation? Uh, but I have you know total confidence in our players that they're going to go out and do a great job and put us in the best position to go win a football game.
1: So on game day, how early do you get up? And how early
3: do you get to the stadium? Six, seven? It, well, we uh, you know I stay in that hotel with the players right. the night before, right. so you know obviously for a noon kickoff you're up fairly yeah. early. But I usually try to find some time. Uh, it's gonna be, be tough with a noon kickoff but you try to find some time to get a little workout in take yeah. your mind off things and just get going from there yeah and then you uh, get over
1: to the stadium and you know you guys get you know
3: on the field what 10.30
1: 11 o'clock in the morning and...
3: yeah so if it's a noon kickoff that we'll be out there for pregame 10.30 yeah um, you know the kids will have a, the guys will have a chance to go out there a little earlier than that just to kind of stretch and get loose and come back in and Final preparations there before we head out,
1: and we were talking about it a little bit. That that you know, I love getting over there early and seeing some of the guys that come out really early. But you have to caution the guys, you know, you can't go out too early. You can't leave it out in pregame. You got to take your time. Noon's going to get here eventually.
3: That's right. Some some of them go out there and you know they're ready to go right away. And you know, next thing you know, they've lost a lot of lot of fluids and uh, you know all the hydration they've done is already gone because of that humidity and the heat early in the season. Later in the season, you don't worry about that as much. They kind of got used to the situation used to the routine and and it's not as hot and and maybe a little cooler so they didn't get loose but uh early in the season you want them to kind of hey slow it down a little bit and, and relax and it'll it'll get here
1: do you guys have a hydration plan i mean i mean you,
3: you expect these guys to to hydrate a certain amount every day no no question and we, we talked to our guys like you can't wait till friday to do that you guys right. start early in the week you guys start getting your body ready to go play a game you know, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, not Thursday, Friday. So our our guys do a great job of that, and they're older guys that have been through situations, and and not know what the heat is like here, so they're they getting prepared for that now. It's
1: got to be a chance too. The older guys can kind of explain to the younger guys and say, "Look, if you don't do it this way, you could end up with cramps and and that kind of thing on the field." Now the temperatures aren't expected to be astronomically hot right. on Saturday, but you know, high 80s is still warm.
3: Yeah, it, you know, it should be a great weather for football, and every day is a great weather for football. <laughs> so, but really excited about it, and just you know, excited about being in Dowdy and being in front of a Pirate Nation and and just it should be a great atmosphere you know one of the magical
1: things about football is that you start in August with temperatures you know near 100 degrees and you work so hard and then you end up you know late in the season and it gets you know it it gets a little cool out I remember the Navy game I don't think I dressed right for the Navy game last year but uh, it's it's completely different goes through all the seasons in in three
3: months You, you, you do you go from you know blazing hot in August and like you said 100 degree weather where you're just trying to survive out there even as coaches <laughs> and then you get late late November where hey you better put on a few layers of clothes and but that's what's great about the, this game yeah. and, and you get to play play in all, all types of weather all different places and it's just a special game didn't talk much about the bowl
1: game from last year obviously there wasn't one but uh, at the military bowl this team had some of their best practices of the entire season didn't they
3: yeah we did we really did you know once we get out there to DC and Guys were locked in. Felt really good about that game yeah. and just the way guys were preparing. And you know, my heart was broken for those guys that were seniors and didn't get to play their final game. But just the experience of us going up there as a, as a program and as a team, and and just you know having those extra practices for one going through that experience and just bonding as a team was really special.
1: Was it one of those things when you first
3: got the word, you're like, are you kidding me? Yeah, you, you know, you, you always knew that in the back of your mind, something like that could happen or take place just because some other bowl games had happened to. Yeah. Um, what really happened, you just, your heart broke for those those young men that didn't get a chance to play their last bowl game. Yeah, that was, that was a shame. Hopefully, uh, this pirate football team will run through the season, uh, become bowl eligible
1: early in the season and then uh, just crank it up and get ready for whatever bowl game. But that's a long way down the road North Carolina State is up first. Let's talk about the Wolfpack before we get you out of here. Devin Leary, of course, the quarterback, and you talked about about it a little bit. But you know, one of the keys against any good quarterback is getting them off their game.
3: Yeah, get him off schedule, get him off you know off his game a little bit. Make make him like get out of the pocket and scramble a little bit. I think that you know if he gets to sit in the pocket and he's comfortable back there, then he can make some throws and he's got some receivers. Devin Carter. Uh, 88, who out wide, who's a really special player. And I think he's from the Raleigh area up there. Um, another transfer. There's another big body. Darrell Jones, the transfer from Maryland. Those are two big targets that he's got. If he's able to sit in the pocket, he, he'll find those guys and they got big catch radius, so he, he, you know he's he's got some weapons out there. Thomas and Carter combined for 82 catches
2: last
1: year for 1152 yards and 14 touchdowns. So those are his two go to guys. And as you said, I think the
3: Maryland transfer Daryl Jones is, is a good one too. Yeah, he, he's a, he's a special player. And, and you just mentioned Thayer Thomas. I, you know, he he is. I, I say he's their version of Tyler Snead. He's probably what makes him go. And he's the when he needs a play, that's who he's going to go to and, and feel confident about that. And, you know, whether it's the screen game, the quick game, down the field, in reverse, reverse pass, double pass. He, he was, you know, that type of guy. His brother's on the defense side of the ball, and I think he's a very similar type of player as far as they make them go. And they've got those type of special, you know, uh, I, I, like Tyler Sneak's well, the yeah. best comparison I can make.
1: When you look at a defensive football early in a game, sometimes you can see a game and, and the whole, you know, structure of that game can, can be based on like a big hit. I remember the Boise State game in the Hawaii Bowl, and there was a big defensive play early for East Carolina, and they kind of catapulted that into having a big lead in that game. And, and that's one of those things too that uh, that you're looking
3: at. Yeah, you think about the Tulane game for us last year. We yeah, big hits early in the game, big stops early in the game, and uh, that just kind of set the tempo for that entire football game. So you want to get off to a great great Start and you know a big st- third down stop, uh, a big turnover, a big hit, and those type of things, just to kind of keep building that confidence and keep saying, hey, yeah, we're here to play, we're here, to- we're here to make this thing happen.
1: On tape, does North Carolina State have the look of a top ten football team?
3: They certainly do. Yeah, you know, and they they, they look like a top ten football team, and, and they played some really good football last year. I know this East Carolina team maybe
1: weren't disappointed at being picked six in the preseason poll because I think preseason polls are just what they are, but, but because East Carolina finished third last year. But this is an East Carolina football team that really, you guys probably don't talk about it much, but but you're as good as anybody in the American, and you've got to have sights set on, hey, we could win this thing.
3: Yeah, we, we talk about our goals and our aspirations and our building, and it's certainly, uh, it's not six in the conference, that's for sure. Yeah, You know, we, last year we talked about going to a bowl game and doing those type of things. Now we're talking about, hey, how can we win this conference? And what are the things we got to do to go compete in this conference and try to win a championship? So, those are where our goals and our, our eyes are set on.
1: And one of those big keys is winning those close games because college football, it's razor thin between teams a lot of times. And last year, you guys were able to win. You know, you fell in a couple of games, I think, that you guys left, like, like UCF, and thought, hey, we probably should have yeah. won that game. But you win those razor thin, you know, decisions.
3: Right. And I think that's where our team grew last year, too. Early in the season, the South Carolina of the UCF right. game yep. uh, you know you'd like to have those back right now but later in the season that we also we beat Navy late in the year and we beat Memphis late in the year that hey if we I mean, had those experiences early in the season yeah. maybe we don't win those games late in the year so you know at least we've been you know our guys are back they've been through those situations they know how to win close ball games so excited about that which of the games last year was the most fun for you was it Memphis was it Navy I I would say uh, you know Memphis was exciting just because the two point conversion two point conversion you Uh knew what was coming yeah yeah the kids did too and (laughs) played fast and knocked the ball down there it was a huge play
1: yeah it was a huge
3: play and it was a great season last year and hopefully we've got more
1: good things coming up East Carolina and North Carolina State Coach your final thoughts on the Pirates and the Pack coming up
3: you know Just really excited for for game day and, and glad it's finally here and excited not only for our football team, but the city of Greenville and and Pirate Nation and just our program and our our universities. It's just a big day. That's going to be a great, great day. Blake Harrell joining us live in the studio. Thanks so much for
1: coming down. We certainly appreciate it. We'll bug you later on the season if it's okay. Sounds great. Thanks for having me on. Defensive coordinator Blake Harrell. I want to thank him for being on our show today. Also, Dave Dorn, head football coach at North Carolina State. Again, the Pirates in the pack. 12 noon kickoff coming up on Saturday. That's our show for today. We'll see you back here next week on the Brian Bailey Show.
0: This has been the Brian Bailey Show, powered by Greenville Utilities, and also brought to you by Angus Grill, Boston Sug Furniture, Bojangles, East Coast Grading, Papa John's, Pepsi, The Rick House, Greenville Utilities, BMS Builders, Seared Chop House, The Gavigan Agency, Taft Taft and Hagler, Tiebreakers, and Greenville Auto World. Join us
2: next week for another edition of The Brian Bailey Show right here on Pirate Radio.